The International IVF Initiative is a worldwide non-profit education project for the assisted reproductive technologies community, sharing scientific and practical knowledge for embryologists, reproductive scientists and anyone working in the ART community. Each episode will share an insight into the world of IVF, along with profiles of legends within the world of ART, latest news and wisdom from our community. Welcome to an episode of the i3 podcast. Again, we're sharing with you beyond the webinar. This is from the Society Alpha Scientists in Reproductive Medicine session, where the panel were talking about key performance indicators and also gold standard patients. It was a bit of an ad hoc session due to the postponement of their biannual conference. I3, however, were the hosts. So I hope you enjoy it and make sure you do check out the show notes because we'll put a link there to the full session so you can also watch that. After every webinar, right, we always you know, have these fantastic conversations, don't we? And they always lead us somewhere. Some could be the questions which are unanswered after the webinars, but also some could be this candid conversation that we have now. Can I, can I ask a really stupid question? There's no such thing. Come on, it's yeah. you know that, you know that. Tell us. So, and this is from a, you know, I don't really understand the sort of science end of things, but is it possible, do you think, to find a way to measure what you would call like a notional patient prognosis? So being able to say, if you've got these particular measures, so this number of eggs, this response to stimulation, all those sorts of things, what should, you know, because if you're looking at, if you're trying to look at individual performance and you're saying that you know, you've got your senior embryologist getting all the hard cases, how can you compensate for that in the data and to, to try and level everything up a little bit? And one of the yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, we call it a gold standard patient, yeah. something like that. So yeah, and that's a really good idea. And that's, I think a lot of clinics do that to exclude the real you know, high complexity cases, which would, could skew your results. Yeah, and the other thing to say, I guess, on that is that um, you know, we, we, we try and predict whether a clinic's going to have good results next month or not based on the patient population, just to validate that approach. And it seems to be working. It's quite early days, but um, yeah, because when, whenever you go into a, a meeting to talk about results in a multidisciplinary team meeting, it'll be, oh, we've had a really bad group of patients. <laughs> Yeah. But at least yeah. if you've got this tool, you can say, actually, yeah, you're right, like that's fair enough. So, so what are the metrics you use? What are the patient demographics that you use? Egg numbers in there. Um, probably cause of infertility. Maternal age. Maternal age. Yeah, yeah maternal age is the one we, we use under 35s mostly. First attempt, so. Yeah. First attempt, First yeah. attempt is definitely part of it. Non-surgical no, almost, almost you know, you're almost looking at an act donor case. It's, yeah. it's a fertile patient, but it really is an act donor case. Mm. That's sort of your high prognosis patient. And yeah, they, they should have a pregnancy rate of 70, 80%, depending on the clinic, obviously. The diagnosis, as we know from CERT data, is maybe the most problematic because the physicians don't always do it accurately mm. How, what's the quality of that do you find have you worked has that been something you've had to address allison yeah quality of clinical data is not as high as the quality of the laboratory data for sure mm. yeah so we have to make um certain fields compulsory so at least you're collecting the data and then you just have to drive home the importance of the data entry and the quality and getting it right but yeah it's hard to to be sure how accurate and precise it is so you're almost doing like a predictive results for the following month. So 
apart from the parameters you know which you say would it be sort of like the percent of gold standard patients in that next mm. month because you're always going to say like those bad demographics but if you got 50 percent gold standard patients in one month and then 25 percent only 25 then, then that will perhaps help you when you look at the results wouldn't it yeah yes exactly yeah we'll have a, a pie chart basically right, and this is yeah. a portion of the yeah. patients that are good prognosis and these are the others so yeah you can compare two clinics by the pie charts quite easily you just piqued my interest on the unexplained group and whether whether you're doing IVF for unexplained and whether you track how they do separately because anytime that we get a failed FERT with IVF where it was missed somehow that it was a long duration of unexplained infertility it raises my you know cackle to say this should have been caught and it was you know it's a non-conformance in my mind and we're not this is New Zealand we weren't catching it always it's interesting to hear what Alison said, you know, that, I, and I've heard the same discussion about a lot of people like, you know, the, the quality of the data being put into your database and things like that. It, it's a very consistent problem. Like, you know, our, our biggest problem, in, at least in the diagnostics, but it's not just the clinicians, it's a lot of things that we've tried to do exactly the same, have drop downs, you know, compulsory fields. But for example, the diagnosis, we have... I know sometimes people have 60% unexplained infertility and you know, it's not, you know, maybe not that high and, you know, you've got to go back in the charts and, and check them. So that that's very hard. And I, I think one of the challenges someone brought up, you know, the 80 a month clinic versus the, you know, 1000 a month clinic, you know, with the 1000 a month, you can say, okay, I'm looking at all my under 35 patients and that's probably a pretty good group for you. But you know, your 80 a month clinic can't really do that. It's much harder. So it's very difficult to rely sometimes on some of these fields. And one of our difficult ones is actually the the, the diagnosis. Because some, you know, the doctors don't know sometimes too. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, until they, you know, they come through for a, a clinic, you know, or a cycle or two. So it is difficult. Any feedback? And obviously we don't want good feedback, we want bad feedback. We want to know what else we can do we'd like to have you back as we said because it, it'll be some months before you have your in real life isn't it yeah 13 months to go 13 months ago um i don't know about the but like the kids today use this phrase called irl in real life have you heard that have you heard that it's like it's like oh well you know what's that in real life so they're going to meet <laughs> IRL. That's what they're saying. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> After the pandemic, they're so used to meeting up, you know. Is it going to be IRL? What do you mean? In real life. <laughs> we'll just call it Earl. We're going to be meeting Earl. Oh, yeah, yeah, Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beer is working. The beer is working. <laughs> there used to be a nasty expression called in the meat world, which I, don't, I didn't approve of, so IRL is much better. Be sure to visit ivfmeeting.com where you can watch our back catalogue of webinars. Plus, you can sign up for future ones, download our electronic membership card and find all our social media so we can stay in touch.